0: Canadian Federation of Independent Business represents 110,000 small and medium sized businesses in this country and its assessment of the 2019 federal budget is what I'm interested in. Has this budget done anything to reduce concerns about the numbers of small business owners slated to retire or close their operations? We spoke with Dan Kelly, the president and CEO of the CFIB, about that last time we spoke. What about CPP, EI, carbon tax, income splitting rules, and a need for a plan to balance the federal Budget. Mr. Kelly joins us on the Roy Green Show. Dan, thank you for the time.
1: Happy to be here.
0: So, uh, what what grade do you give this budget, and how does it most directly affect both positively and not so positively your members?
1: Well, look, I've I've seen, <coughs> pardon me, Roy, I've seen worse budgets from this government. Uh, certainly, the the budgets of 2016, 2017 were decidedly worse than this one. Uh, but it really does. To answer your your other question, uh, not do anything to address the rising costs, the rising government-imposed costs on small firms. Uh, the CPP premiums going up for seven years, carbon taxes in four provinces also rising for, for introduced and then rising for four years. Those small business tax changes. There is not a lick of tax reduction in this budget that will help them out. To be fair, there was in the federal economic statement last fall some, some positive news. They're going to accelerate uh, depreciation for certain capital assets. But in this document, nothing new, nothing that will help small firms in, really in any way um, you know, on the fiscal side of the equation. There are a few small uh, pieces that, that we liked, some movement on regulatory reform, which is uh, which is good news. They are going to review the ability for small firms to pass on their businesses to the next generation without getting hit by a much higher rate of taxation. So that's a, a future review. Of course, we have to have an election before anything can happen on that. Um, uh, a couple of other things with respect to the CRA that uh, that we like, but uh, overall, very little in this to compliment, uh, and a couple of big new concerns that uh, I'm happy to talk
0: about. What are those concerns?
1: Well, the big one, the the flagship that uh, that has some connection to business is this new Canada training benefit. And of course, on the surface, that sounds like a good thing. Uh, who could argue against equipping Canadians with more training, more skills development? that that's necessary. Businesses like the idea of 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 more training in general. But the way the government is approaching this is is really something that we are worried about. They're dedicating a half a billion dollars to this new training initiative, something that hasn't been tested in Canada before. And it's going to allow a Canadian employee to take a course uh, to, to build on some formal training and get a tax deduction. They're going to set aside some money, 250 bucks a year, for Canadians to, to, to do some skills upgrading. They're, it's going to act like kind of a... Kind of like your RSP deduction that you accumulate some room in your RSP. In this case, you're going to get 250 bucks basically off on your taxes uh, in order to do training.
0: I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but you can't okay. do much training at 250 bucks.
1: No, it's not at all. It's it's not an awful lot. Uh, uh, so it is a small amount there. That part though doesn't worry us so much. The, the the second piece of this though, is they're going to allow Canadian employees to take up to four months off, of, uh, sorry, four weeks off of work, every four years, in order to do this training, and they're going to pay them employment insurance benefits while they do it. So a Canadian worker uh, could decide, geez, I've always wanted to study interpretive dance. I've always wanted to study Latin. And then to say to their employer, you know what, I'm going to be taking four months off in July because I, I want to take this course at the community college uh, and uh, and perhaps uh, stay at home a little bit more. And the employee uh, employer may be powerless to do anything about it. They may not be able to say no the employee that then wishes to take this training, depending on how this this program is structured, and this could be we an
0: employee with that. who's this could be an employee who's in integral to a small business that doesn't have as much room financially to operate in as maybe the businesses of our uh, represented by our previous guest, the CEO of the Business Council of Canada. These are not corporations we're talking about.
1: These are the small guys, and and so. We have real concerns about that. Uh, you know, the example they use in the budget is somebody that works in a call center that says, hey, I'm worried about my job being automated and, and phased out, so I wanna take some, I wanna do some skills upgrading. Of course, that makes sense. I don't have any issue with that. But they say that, you know, maybe this guy wants to learn human resources, so starts to take some classes and wants to take four weeks off uh, in order to do that. Well, look, I, I don't begrudge the guy taking some time off to do some training, but if you're asking the current employer to give you time off where you're going to get the employment insurance benefits and you're able to say on the on a whim I'm going to leave you got to hold my job open uh, basically do without me for a month while I go off on this training you could imagine an employer's not the existing employer is not going to be too happy about that no no. And that's, that's the concern that we have about this. In addition to that, it's going to cost over $320 million to the employment insurance system. Those are new costs that are cost-shared between employers and employees. Employers pay 1.4 times the rate of EI that employees do. Uh, and, and so the government has, to its credit, suggested that there is going to be a new EI small business premium rebate. Now, we don't have any idea what the size of this is going to be, uh, but we do have big worries about how this program is going to work. So that's, that's the new thing in the 2019 budget that uh, I think worries us. Of course, the existing concerns that we have, there's not any, any movement towards reducing Canada's deficit. Uh, there's no plan to get Canada out of deficit, even in the next five years, and small business owners know that <laughs> that today's deficits are tomorrow's taxes. The bill is going to come home, uh, and and ultimately, it's going to be bi- businesses and and future generations that are going to be picking up the debt.
0: Doesn't have to be a deficit, does there? The money's coming in.
1: Oh gosh, the, the government general government revenues have been rising rapidly over the last few years. Uh, it seems that the government's going out of its way to run a deficit as a way of showing that uh, that they are different than the uh, from other political parties and and look canada you know the fiscal situation nationally isn't so grave that 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 a deficit is a is an impossible thing but there's going to be another recession there's going to be some some tougher economic times right. and i worry that canada is not going to be prepared to deal with it to the extent that we might, if we kept our fiscal house in order, so on that for on that front, uh, the the budget is 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 not helping out Canadians at all, uh, pushing us further into debt, no relief for any of the taxes, and then some new programs that I have to tell you look like they were you know thrown together quickly uh, to try to appeal from from an electoral perspective rather than from an economic one.
0: What a surprise!
1: <laughs> well, we've seen this before from governments of all stripes. Uh, I, I, you know, we were bracing ourselves for this. I will say, on the pharmacare front, there isn't anything. I mean, they they have put some uh, some constructs in place. They haven't. They haven't. I, I'm, I'm bracing myself for a payroll tax. Ultimately, I, I do believe. That if government is serious about going down a big comprehensive pharmacare program, that there will be a new tax, a new payroll tax imposed upon businesses to pay for it, that isn't in this budget. Uh, so that is good news from from that perspective.
0: Isn't that amazing, Dan? And we have to take a break here, but isn't it amazing that uh, you're telling me these, providing uh, this information that government's going to require more money, take more money from the small business, take more money from your from your uh, from your members, and and yet. <laughs> when, it, when it comes time to talk about it publicly, people always say, well, it's free. It's free. It's free. Everything's free. It's, it's not free. You're paying for it, and you're going to be paying for it for a long time, and you'll be paying more than you should because you'll be paying interest as well as principal.
1: Well, and, and the worst part of that, of course, is it's it's not just, it, it may be free for one generation with the bill kicked to the next. Yeah. Uh, and that's the deeply unfair part about this, is I've got a 10-year-old son, and he's going to be saddled with the debt uh, associated with these freebies that are being thrown on the eve of an election at Canadians.
0: Dan Kelly is my guest, CEO, President of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Uh, The needs that the uh, small business community has, uh, Dan, includes—and I'm just looking at some some information from the CFIB—recognize the vital formal and informal roles spouses play in a small business by fully exempting them from the new income-splitting rules— And uh, I want to come back to something else here with you as well. Address the shortage of skilled labor and offset the costs of hiring and training by implementing a permanent lower EI rate for small business and an EI holiday for hiring youth. So sensible.
1: Yeah, those were a couple of our ideas that we gave to Bill Morneau earlier this year. Uh, You know, to be fair on the EI front, uh, there is a hint of some form of premium rebate, which uh, we're gonna be lobbying hard over the next few months to see if we can turn that into a lower rate of of EI. We'd love to see small firms pay the same rate of employment insurance as their employees. Right now they pay uh, 60% for employers, 40% for employees. We could bring, not raise the rate on employees, but bring down the rate for small businesses uh, to the same rate as employees on their first $20,000 in premiums. And, and that's something that we're recommending right now. On, this, on the tax changes, though, they're there actually you know shifting gears from the feds to the provinces. The New Brunswick government, I, I'm quite impressed with the, the, what, what they've been doing in recent days, but they had a budget on the same day as the federal election, uh, the, sorry, on the federal budget, and they have basically said they're not gonna follow those same passive investment rules as the federal government introduced. So now we have two provinces, Ontario and New Brunswick, who that have stood up to the federal government and say that for provincial income tax purposes, they are not gonna do the same thing that the feds are doing. The other provinces either have said yes, they're gonna go ahead or they're, they haven't said anything yet. Uh, we're hoping to get Saskatchewan, Manitoba perhaps, uh, to do the same as Ontario, New Brunswick, but but that was really good news. It's the first sign that we've seen from a government in Atlantic Canada uh, that they're willing to stand up against those small business tax changes from the Fed.
0: Um, carbon tax. When I say carbon tax, you say what?
1: You know, we have... Uh, when we did the research of the of the federal carbon tax that's backstop in the four provinces from New Brunswick through to Saskatchewan, uh, what we discovered is that small businesses will pay 50% of the total take of the carbon tax. Uh, and they'll. And yet on the rebate side, these rebates that for consumers are supposed to be larger than the amount they actually pay in carbon tax, the reason that that's possible is that businesses are going to get very little back. Uh, so they're eligible for up to 7% of the rebate total, uh, yet they're going to pay half of the cost. That is not fair in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we believe that this idea needs to be rethought, uh, put on hold. And, of course, this is just days away that the four provinces are going to get the carbon tax, and then that itself is going to rise for four, for the next four years. Uh, so that's another big tax grab that's, that's going to come out of the pockets of business owners. And, of course, uh, what's gotten forgotten in all of this is that uh, the GST-HSV is going to be tacked on top of all the carbon taxes that we're going to be paying.
0: It is stunning when you say fifty percent. I mean that just that number is stunning. If you're running a small business and that's you're carrying that burden in a, in, you know, in addition to all of the other regulatory activities, they uh, they they make you hurdles, they make you jump over. That is uh, that's absolutely. I use the word again, stunning, stunning. Dan, I thank you so much for the time. As always, I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you back for sure.
1: Love it. Thanks very much, Roy.
0: Take care, Dan Kelly.